Hello and welcome to the Purpose Cycle podcast, the podcast that gives you impactful practices to build towards fruition and fulfillment. Here's a taste of what we've got in store for you today. When you're giving, 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 some people don't like, why are you giving that away? Why are you doing this for people? They don't realise what it actually does for you internally. I don't, I don't knock anyone. You know, I don't get involved in anything else. I think you've really got to be yourself, but focus on what your what your strengths are. And, you know, yeah. obviously, yeah, that's just worked for me. And, and that's the biggest bit of advice I could give anyone, John, but be yourself. I know it's difficult. Because, you know, you know yourself, when we all went into lockdown, everybody reevaluated everything. You know, all this materialism and stuff disappeared. And the core fundamentals of life became the, the core, became, fun, became everything. You know, family, yeah. fitness, you know, happiness. The, you can't go on holiday. You can't cover up. You, you can't cover up anxiety and depression with a holiday anymore. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of the Purpose Cycle Podcast. My guest today is renowned around the city of Hull and beyond as a DJ and producer. We have a following of up to forty thousand people on Instagram. He has built an empire of multiple revenue streams over the years due to his intuition for an idea and the willingness to take the plunge. On top of his self-made success story, he has had to endure many ups and downs and obstacles along the way, and his experiences are proving to be extremely inspiring to others, and coupled with his role as a mental health ambassador, he is breaking the stigma by showing us all that it is okay to talk. Please welcome today, Ben Rainey. How are you doing, Ben? How much do I owe for that intro for a start? That was <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> I, was, I was smiling myself. I was like, bloody hell, it's got it all, it's got it all wrong. <laughs> well, I've been trying to, I'm good, I'm good, good stuff yeah i've been trying to build a good intro uh hairs on my neck <laughs> taking back a bit as well um yeah great great to have you on thank you very much for agreeing to to do the podcast today been having some um you know some really good guests on and and i feel like there's some real impact there so it's been really exciting to you know watch your progress over the years and thinking there's a real story to tell here and hopefully we can bring some impact uh, to the listeners today as well. Do you want to um, yeah. just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? I can't trump what you've just said because, well, I'll, t- I'll tell you the truth. He, he's Jonathan glorified me and I'll tell you the actual truth. Um, I'm a failed footballer slash rugby player that decided to try something else. Um, just, yeah, just DJing was kind of like one of them happy accidents really for me. It was like teenage years. I was going to parties. I wasn't really, I'm not a massive drinker. I'm not into anything else. Like I want a party animal, but I kind of knew I had a place there because of my personality. And it was a case of what can I do to to, to get in there and just be me and finding myself, I guess, because I always felt a bit lost in a party because I want the kid with a bottle of Jäger handing it round. I want the kid with anything more than just drink. I just wasn't the party party guy. And, and I loved the music and it was always a case of getting past the iPod, you know, the old iPod shuffles and whatnot. I used to get past the aux cable, you know, the little cable. Yeah, that yeah. And it just started like that when I was about 16, 17. I just used to, I used to spend hours finding music just to impress people on a weekend. But I'm not talking like trying to impress, impress people as in, you know, on social media. None of that really was the thing at the time I was on it. But it was just to impress my mates. It was like a genuine thing. Like I wanted my friends to turn around at the party and be like, yes. Mm. And it, and it just very quickly, I just thought to myself, how can I mix these two tracks together rather than pressing shuffle or, you know, playing? Yeah, it just kind of started like, as a bit of a joke. I was still playing rugby and football, That's which which we'll probably get into. But that definitely helped having a good cult following because I knew a lot of people from that. And at first, everyone's kind of like, oh, Rain is trying to DJ, what's going on? 
then I did a few house parties and I was a bit shaky. And then I, I got a couple of like gigs here and there. And then people start kind of taking you a bit more serious all of a sudden. And then before you know it, mate, I'm sat here and I've yeah, gone a long way really when I think I don't really you don't really think about it until you sit down with someone. That's kind of kind of glad I've chatted to you about it because you don't really look at how much you are doing because we're all living in our own little bubbles and just flying along and doing what we're doing. You don't really absorb how much you're actually doing until you, you someone sits down and says, so what do you do? <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. I, I was saying this to, to Josh last week because um, I've sort of had you both, for, obviously, be, knowing you from school and things. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And is, seeing yeah. the journey from your a personal personal Instagram and it built into a business Instagram. Only really outsiders can probably see that that journey in yourselves. You're too busy, you know, to to look back really yeah. um I, I was uh, i was uh, saying this to to my dad the other day we we went with the peaks um and you're climbing up the mountain and you know some people are looking up and how far they've got to go but you very rarely stop look around and see how far you've come so yeah, yeah so it'd be good true. to reflect and and uh look at the different obstacles along the way yeah um so th in terms of then an aspiration what was the you said about you know, passing the Orcs cable and wanting to impress your mates. Were there any sort of external triggers that made you think this could be a career? Did you see anyone um, who was, you know, a little bit more, I don't know, successful, famous on, mm. on the on Instagram or on TV and think that's a decent lifestyle? I'd like that. Yeah, um, it's a good question, really. I think it's kind of mad because I think we all know, and I'm so proud of being from Hull and I love being from Hull, but... I think we are always kind of behind the curve. Um, so like without no disrespect to anyone that's flying the flag, because I'm a massive, you know, ambassador of Hull, I'm big Hull FC mm -hmm. fan, I'll sit in the rest of it. But I think, especially with music, like I've found over the years, like it'll happen in Leeds and then it'll happen in Hull. And I think when I first started DJing, there wasn't, I wasn't in the know too much with anyone in particular that was, I want to be that guy. Um, obviously there was generations before me, don't, not to disregard anyone at all, there was loads of people doing it, but like, I guess in my in in our era where we're kind of coming through with social media, I didn't know anyone in even in I didn't know anyone that was you know kind of doing what I was going to go on to do. Um, mm. Until you get into it, and then you find people. You, you're looking further afield, that, and you start finding people. And and then I started finding people. I did find that every, I found like I thought everyone was older than me, um, which is quite mad because now I feel like everyone's younger than me, and I'm trying to keep up with them. You know, like it's all turned around in a few years, like. I was the young kid on the block, yeah. full of energy, and everyone was like, "This kid's mad! Like, where's he come from?" Kind of thing. And then now I'm like, like I say, I'm kind of like mentoring a few young DJs, and it's mad how quick it's changed from me being the the rookie to the not the veteran, but someone that can actually help people. And that I think to myself, how could, how, "Why do they listen to what I've got to say?" I'm not, I'm not a teacher, you know. But it's 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 a good feeling because mm -hmm. um, I've I've done a lot in like five years, I think it is. So there wasn't really anyone in particular, but obviously you've got your your usual big DJ role models, but I can't honestly say to anyone off the top of my head, I kind of I kind of took a bit of everyone and just was like, I'll take a bit of that, take a bit of that. And then yeah. drew from my own personality and family, I guess, really. I just built my own kind of style with everything. Okay, yeah. And in terms of then an inspiration, so like an internal trigger then, what was you, you said about, you know, making your, your friends proud, but I've seen a lot on a lot of your streams, you're trying to, you know, build up spirits, make people positive, make people happy. Is yeah. that sort of something that drove you forward as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, like mental health style kind of thing. I've always, I've always just been one to put myself forward. To to, I've always just been like a bit of a joker, and I think I, I just 
it, it's mad because what people people some people don't get it but like when you're giving 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 some people don't like why are you giving that away why are you doing this for people they don't realize what it actually does for you internally you know like you know yourself as, as like teaching people and helping people grow and, and, and develop it's a feeling that you can't really describe when you've helped someone else like you're helping you you're healing your own heart by helping someone else if that makes yeah. sense like you know so for me it's always been a case of just trying to you know when when i get ni like nice feedback and good comments and people saying that they're enjoying what i'm doing it's like you don't realize what that does for me inside i don't really gloat about it i don't really tell everyone like some of the messages i get are, are crazy mate honestly like <laughs> people in especially in lockdown been like saying how i've lifted them out of dark places and you know things like this and you know you've you've been what's kept us going and i'm just doing what i enjoy doing but it's nice to it's so humbling to know that that helps people but what but what it does internally and what my actual motive it helps me heal myself and it's mm -hmm. my kind of therapy by doing that um like you're doing something for someone else but non-selfishly it's helping me and that's such a strong kind of position to be in i'm so lucky to be able to not just help other people but help myself in the process and it's just like yeah it's just a great feeling mate it's kind of like mm -hmm. some of that money couldn't really buy because it's like i said there's no real money in it at the minute so no it's, it's purely love yeah they say that the kindness pays dividends over time so yeah it yeah. does people don't realize that the first step you know is you have to go out of your way really to help somebody yeah. but then over time it just becomes effortless yeah, yeah, and it's really inspiring to see some of the, the live streams and stuff. Uh, myself and my partner, Sarah, we've been playing them and, and enjoying them uh, whilst nice they were as well. So, and it seems as well, um, a lot of your music's pretty sort of timeless. It's yeah, not all yeah. like you have to be brand new. You, you, you use a lot of throwbacks as well. Yeah, that's, a good, that's the golden tip, I think. If there is any like aspiring DJs watching, like I think it's all good and well playing the new cool music and breaking it, but the, the classics will never fail um and it's what i'm into like i'm not i don't really listen to chart music so i'm more into like you go your, your soul and funk and motown and there's that many remixes about like i said i've been i've been a i've been a hunter for years i've always i've always built the collection and i found a bit of a niche by playing the old stuff because you're pleasing the the kids love it the young kids love it but they're obviously pleasing you know mums and dads are loving it um our age group are loving it because we grew up on it and it's just mm. such a good diverse audience you can build by doing that and it's found my little niche there really yeah um so let's let's take it right back then to when you were djing at house parties and you were just about getting yourself started and probably buying yourself your first you know set of decks and things like that yeah um were there any sort of obstacles along the way i try and break it down in, in the book i talk about a realization and four different yeah. stages so there was realization of yourself and um so do i have the the drive to do things you know do i have any obstacle personal obstacles to overcome um or a realization of others you know do you have the the circle around you that will encourage you and inspire you and, and support you um or was it maybe a an environmental um, realization of do i have the you know the money to set myself up or you know do i have the the current the no circumstances to do so and finally a task yeah. orientated so can i achieve, can i actually do the task it seems like to me that you were pretty good at that picking the music and, <laughs> and delivering so was there yeah. any of the other three strands, you know, environment, uh, others or yourself that you had to work on in order to develop? Yeah, massively, mate. It's a good question. It takes me back to a place I haven't been for a long time, really, because like you say, I think everyone sees the end product, like, for example, now the live streams and the followers yeah. and the gigs that I was doing and the status that I guess you get with it and all the rest of it. But the struggle was huge, mate. And to be honest, it still is. Obviously, my industry is probably get into covid but my industry's gone for now but 
going back to the beginning, it was the biggest task I had was proving to people I could make it a job. Um, not necessarily my family, to be honest, because my family, you know, my family, you know, they're great and they're always, they're into the music probably more than me and that's what's pushed me on. But it is, like I said, it wasn't so common to be, a, I'm not saying it wasn't common because it was only five years ago, but like I couldn't name an example of anyone in our area around the same age as me that just decided to become a DJ and made it the full-time job. Obviously, there is people doing it, but it wasn't as kind of normalised to be a DJ. I don't know how to describe it because I don't want to offend people that already was DJing, but I just think a, a generation of young kids now, do a, there's a lot more people doing it and it's a lot more accessible. And I'm not saying that's got anything to do with me at all. I just think I was on it. I just must have found a, a bit of a phase thing. But I think the first obstacle was, yeah, just, just proving it could be a job. And obviously, you know, I was at an age where it was like, are you going to go and do an apprenticeship? Are you going to go into full-time work? Are you going to go to college? And I had that dream lingering in the back of my mind. But obviously, I did have to go and get employment until it became a full-time job. And obviously, that obviously led to difficulties in practicing and developing. Um I didn't drive, so getting to gigs and stuff was obviously I wasn't as I wasn't as um, <clears throat> available and reliable as other people because I was taxis and lifts and mum and dad um, equipment expensive. You know I couldn't afford the latest gear at the time, um, and yeah, knowledge as well. Like I, you can't buy experience, and at the time, if you haven't got the car and you haven't got the reliability and you haven't got the, you know, at the time I didn't have the following or the the the, the kind of external look what i guess i maybe have now not not as many people want to book you and especially not as many people want to pay you um there's a lot of free free exposure tokens getting thrown around oh come do a set for us and i did i did my work you know i did all that and it gets to a point where it's like i was at a point even just probably into my journey where people might have thought i was i was killing it and i'm thinking i'm not getting paid enough for this like i'm literally not making a living because it's maybe 50 quid coming in one pocket and going out the other on a taxi and a, and a bit of and a pair of headphones or 100 quid here and 100 quid there. Yeah. It wasn't sustainable, John, because it, it was, you know, it wasn't a proper wage and it wasn't reliable. I wasn't getting it every week. And I think that the main battles I had was believing in the bigger picture. And the problem is, like, you, because you, the way you've molded this question is like, you asked me about like my inspiration and stuff because I didn't really have someone to look to and ask. I didn't know the bigger picture it was i was going into the dark and i guess that brought on you know other battles you know the anxiety and overthinking and all the rest of it and yeah it's a massive like risk i've I'm re i've been speaking to someone recently about going self-employed and taking the plunge and it, it's honestly it's not easy mate um yeah. it's not easy at all but i think for me it was just believing in myself i've always externally i'm not the most confident person like even getting on a stage and stuff isn't really my thing but internally sat here in my in my studio i kind of i'm quite like like i believe in what i can do and i think i've always had that deep down you know that drive and just knowing that it'll come good um and knowing what i'm about and and i think if you know what you're about and what your strengths are you, you will pull through so i've just yeah just grin and bear it mate and it, luckily it came good for me yeah um and i, I love the fact you mentioned about your mum and dad there to, to your biggest yeah. supporters you always see them at, at your yeah. and things. Uh, how crucial were they in order for you to break past that first barrier of you know like you say the money that you you that was coming in was going straight out onto onto yeah. equipment and things how crucial was it then to have their support because at some point you'll probably have thought well you know like you said it's not sustainable yeah massively um <clears throat> just it was everything really mate and it still is even now mate like 
the, the bigger the levels I guess you go up, the more I'm realizing how much I rely on them. Um, my dad more for support and encouragement and a bit of a, a pep talk, and my mum for the things that I can't do as a, a young man traveling around. You know, ironing, him washing bum. I'm in the hotel room. How do I get the creases out my t-shirt? I've got to be on on the gig in an hour. And like you know, the old putting it in the shower and and, and heating the heating the shower up, and then you then your smoke alarms going off and all the rest of it. And yeah, yeah. Just just mum, just a just just like just in that sense. But even musically, like they've always known, they've always show me new music and stuff but yeah when i was getting started it was more like lifts um even like social media was mad because i i think i, I think my honestly and this is crazy my biggest like following of people that know my mum and dad it sounds mad to say that but like the, the the people that support me and you know the names that you see popping up all the time it's always like family friends like like people we both probably know from back in the day and around our around our area like still popping up and still supporting and it's like you can't beat that and i think one day i'm not like in a position to do it but i think one day i think i'll never i'll never forget that and i'll repay that in in some way if i could in the community you know if it was uh you know we both went to the same primary school so if i could do something with the school like build a music uh arm of the college like the school like a music academy kind of yeah. after school academy or anything like that i think is in my bigger picture now because of how good the support's been so close to home like that's where it's been best you know yeah um and it, yeah it has been and it, it's quite evident as well on your journey that you are very grateful as well along the way yeah um you're constantly thanking your mom and dad and like like you say i know that they're big huge huge music fans in fact so that, yeah. that they're, you know it's probably ideal for them as well some free gigs and uh yeah they enjoy the nightlife. My mom and dad uh, show, like send me new music all the time like you should try this try that some of it's debatable but some of it'll do <laughs> <laughs> definitely in terms of your circle and were there any sort of challenges within that were there people in your circle don't have to go into too much detail i mentioned names but were there any sort of um challenges within your circle where you thought might i have to maybe make my circle a little bit smaller because you're mm. going out into a world where it's very very sociable and you'll probably get a lot of people jumping trying to jump on either the bandwagon uh, or or just you know tagging along wanting free gigs wanting this wanting that like you say taking was yeah. there anything you had to do like revising your circle of influence in order to make sure that you were becoming successful? Yeah, no, massively. It's a really good question. That um, I think for me, it's a case of, um, you know, like you said, there is a lot. I, I'm quite naive, man. I'm too nice for my own good. So I don't really look at it like that. Like I've, I've looked after a lot of people and you sometimes find when you need them, they're going missing, especially when you're in a bit of a, you're in, I'm in an industry where anyone that knows you kind of expects a freebie um you know get us in here sneaks in there get us a drink and I, I do try and look after people but it's more for me it was kind of like i'm in an it's more the environment i'm in is very distracting you know there's late nights drinking obviously some people fall victim to even drug abuse and other stuff like that without going too deep into that but i've always just been focused on i'm here to work and i'm leaving in my car at the end of the night but like I try not to. I tried to. I've tried. I've had to. I've had to cut away from friends, not long term. And and it's getting to a point now where they're kind of starting to understand why I did it. Because you've got to think every weekend I'm in a club, I'm at where, and if I go and party around them hours, not only am I damaging my own mental health and my body, I'm spending my wages because that's the only time I earn, earn my income on a weekend. Obviously, I have diversified my income a lot now and built yeah. other branches, which we'll probably talk about. But yeah, at the time when I first started DJing, it was like right, I wear, I earn my packet on a weekend. So I've got to go out and smash it and I can't get distracted and go drinking and partying or I can't miss my gigs. I can't be late. I've got to drive. So like 
I had to be sitting like barrel minded on what the job ahead was. And I did miss a lot. And it's even worse sometimes because you, you stood in the club and I'm having a good time. Don't get me wrong. I love it. But you're watching all your mates crack on <laughs> with like proof of lasses when you're young. And, mm. and I've kind of missed that period of my life, you know, them big drunk nights with your friends and all that. But yeah. and it's, it's paying dividends because I've experienced things that kids my age maybe don't get to experience and been around the block a bit. Not to, not to again, I, don't, I hate talking too much about what I've done because I don't like to sound like a brag, but anyone that knows me knows I've been so lucky to get around places where people, even people just don't dream of going, you know? And yeah. and find, when you find yourself in them places, that's when you remember the sacrifices and the dedication. And I wouldn't say about to cut anyone off personally, like want, want names and, and like going at people, but there's definitely, and I, and I think at the time people probably got the ump thinking, oh, he's, he's falling out of us. And, and maybe a bit of jealousy comes in because I'm doing one thing and they're doing another. But I think now we're all growing up and everyone's kind of found their feet and all my mates are smashing it with their jobs. They kind of look back and go, he did the right thing. And people have actually turned around to me and gone, like, fair play for what you've done. Like, you've broke away from, like, the mould and, and you've stuck to it. Like, I've, I've stayed away from, like, trouble, you know, yeah. drink, drugs, all the rest of it, womanising, you name it. I've always had a stable relationship and kind of family-orientated. And I've always... Yeah had that fear of letting my mum and dad down, which has driven me to stay on that kind of straight and narrow path um, and not get reckless. You know, I still have nights out, I still have a laugh, but I call it a blowout every now and again, just because that's what you need, I think, in any industry. You need to have the odd night where, if, even if it's not drinking, just where you let yourself go and you, you're not worried about DJing and stuff. And and that's another hard thing, because people, when you do go out, people people uh, have, have like, people have like, what's the word? Like, they expect you to be DJing. Like, people have like, People have this thing like I can't just go out and have a night out. It's like yeah. you get out, you end up getting hounded. I have to go out of town because everyone's like, "Oh, why are you not on the decks?" I'm like, "I'm stood there with my missus having a pint," and it's like, "Yeah, like you can. How can you not address the situation? I'm on a night out in a quiet bar, and you're coming up to me asking why I'm not DJing." Uh, yeah, I, think, I get <laughs> it. It's, it's a bit part of the game, bro. I, I love it in the same respect. You know, it's nice that people identify that. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's, it's like that comedian who always has to tell a joke when he's out with friends. It's just no, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's the last thing you want to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in terms of, you mentioned then your relationship, how difficult in this sort of line of work is it to maintain a, a relationship and build, you know, a really, it, it seems like, you know, you've got yourself a really uh, meaningful and deep relationship. Yeah. How hard is the initial, the early stages, you know, when you're building trust yeah. with somebody, you're actually, yeah, you're yeah, building yeah, that yeah. together. It's a good question, that mate. I'll have to watch what I say because you'll probably watch this. But um, no, to be honest, mate, I've, 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 my missus is a, is a star, and I think it works for me because I'm I'm a very open book, as you know, on like social media, and I don't really, I've not. I, I think you can tell from people's personality what kind of people they are. Like I have got a lot of girlfriends that I see out and about, and I speak to, and and she knows that. And I think you, I just I don't have that in me to be that kind of guy, and I think it's always been apparent. And unfortunately for me. My missus knew me before she got with me and she obviously she's she was going out and stuff and seeing me and knows what I'm like and I've never had that about me to be like a I've 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 always been like I've always been good morals and you know I really I've never really been the type to get that reputation to be anything more. So there's never really been that trust. But I think it's funny, isn't it? Because when you first get with someone and you go out together and like you, you don't know the friends with, so she'll speak she'll be saying hello to a a, a lad or something and you're thinking Who's he? Is he? Who's he? I've never seen him before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you've got to build that rapport and that trust, I guess, in a sense. But nah, I've never really been an issue. I think if anything, I always say to her, like, you're lucky that people know me because I won't be able to get away with nothing anyway. Like, <laughs> yeah. Out, it's funny because it's a funny little story actually. I've, walked, I've I took my mate's girlfriend home before. That sounds really bad, doesn't it? That's that one sentence. <laughs> it sounds like the worst thing in the world. But like, 
I just he rang me and said, "Oh, my missus is is in the club. You're in like she's drunk." I texted me off and I said, "Look, tell her I'll give her a lift. She's around the corner from me." And like obviously people see you leaving. I forget like you you're in the club, you're DJing. People kind of know who you are, they recognize you. And like you're walking down the steps, out, and everyone's out there waiting for the taxi and stuff. And you're getting into your car, and everyone's watching you. And I think I think it's like you think to yourself like, "How dodgy does that look to the naked eye?" Like, let's thank God that these are all drunk and it's three in the morning because it just looks dodgy. But yeah, I'm not. I'm, like I say, mate, there's no, it's never really, it's never really been an issue. I think when you when you're going away for like a length of time, like I've been to Dubai for a month before, it, it does become challenging because naturally anyone that has any form of anxiety or, or overthinks, you're going to think things that aren't necessarily because there is a stereotype and a persona. But she's all right, mate. She's she's yeah. uh she she knows she's 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 i'm not i'm not good looking enough to be to be messing about anywhere <laughs> i won't be able to get anyone else i'm lucky to have there <laughs> <laughs> well one one word that resonated with me there was being authentic and that you yeah. are very authentic on social media and in your your persona is exactly the same now as it is online why is that yeah. a really important thing for you to be yeah, authentic from yeah that's the most important thing and it's the hardest thing as well because i think naturally when you go in front of a camera or you you know you're put in a in a not a spotlight i don't like to say i'm in the spotlight because i don't think i'm but i've built a niche where people are interested in what i'm doing on being me but i think the minute you press record on your camera to do a video or a live stream or talk to the camera or put an instagram story you naturally all of us put this like we do this thing don't we? it's like right i'm looking all right i grab my phone right and then you naturally start like going into a character and, and like your shoulders come up yeah and, and i do it still and i have to like remind myself that's not me and and the, honestly the content that i put out that does the, the best is just me being me like like last week i put a video out in my lfc shirt dancing yeah, yeah. um it was a bit of a sly aim actually to try and get lfc on my radar because i don't mind doing a little video combination with them like a bit of a um partnership kind mm. of thing whereas that maybe i teach one of the lads how to dj and we record it and stuff but yeah th- like I'm, I'm quite clever with stuff like that but i think that's just me. I'm, you know me for years. I'm a big, we're a big LFC family, LFC City, and big rugby league. So why not integrate that into my music? Because you know, next thing you know, I'm putting it online, and all the lads who play for all and the coaches, some some of the coaches were liking it, and some of the big fans are commenting saying, "What a lad is an LFC fan as well," and sharing it. It's, it's just mass amount of exposure. But like, you're not. I'm not trying to live a life I'm not living because there is a lot of people online, as we all know, like this Instagram lifestyle and. If anything, I'm, I kind of stay away from it, stay away from social media. If I'm not, if I don't, you'll notice as well, if I'm not posting about music, my family or my girlfriend, I don't post, I don't talk about COVID, I don't talk about money, I don't talk about other people's business, I don't, I don't knock anyone, you know, I don't get involved in anything else. I think you've really got to be yourself, but focus on what your, what your strengths are. And, you know, yeah. obviously, yeah, that's just where it's for me. And, and that's the biggest bit of advice I could give anyone, John, is like be yourself. I know it's difficult because I do it. I still do it where like I'm going to record a video after this. And it's like, I guarantee the first take, I'll jump into a character that's not me. And I have to switch back into just drop that accent because you put that little telephone voice on, don't you, as well? And yeah. people people buy into the fact that I'm just me and I'm from all and I'm having a go and I, and I love it. And it's it's been the best thing that's that's happened to me is like just finding my feet as myself, you know? Yeah. Well, that's why that's why I'm doing podcasts and not on the camera. Because a, I've got a face for radio, and B, I'm not sure if I can, uh, yeah, uh, get into that, get away from that character. If you like, yeah, yeah it's, it's no, a pretty difficult thing to do, um, and, and try and be as authentic as possible. 
Suit Up Apparel is a new menswear company who provide customers with a compelling range of products that combine looking amazing with comfort. The team at Suit Up Apparel know how testing the day-to-day grind can be, so they have focused their collections around one simple phrase, look great, perform even better. Suit Up are offering new customers 20% off their first order with the code WELCOME20. But don't worry, the Purpose Cycle podcast listeners can get 10% off future orders by using the code PURPOSE at checkout as well. Go on to suitupapparel.co.uk. That's suitupapparel.co.uk to see the fantastic products on offer. And remember, stay sharp and suit up. Let's, I was going to talk about something else, but I, I want to sort of dig deeper then into that authenticity and the values and the advice because yeah. you have mentored quite a lot of young aspirers, aspiring producers and DJs, yeah. um, Taylor Shipley being one of them, uh, yeah. quite publicly on social media. So what brought you to that first – was that your first sort of mentoring role or yeah. what brought you to that? Yeah, again, mate, it's a funny, funny story and it's such an organic story that it just shows the authentic, the authenticity. And I think it's one of these things as well, whereas if you didn't know me or you didn't know her, you, you maybe wouldn't believe it, but like it was just mental. So I was actually, I'm going to do a little name drop here. I was DJing at Luke Campbell's 30th birthday. You know, the bo- obviously everyone knows the boxer, amazing, amazing talent from, he's probably, he's probably my biggest inspiration from Hull because he's just, it's completely different game, but just what he's achieved and the way he does, goes about his business is just second to none. Um, so it was his 30th and, and it was a Saturday night in, in Hull, um, obviously a private venue. And I woke up on the Saturday morning and I thought, I don't actually have any decks anymore. Because the problem is when you get to a point where you're playing in the clubs, it's like it's like if you was a ping pong player or a darts player and you're playing four or five times a week in the, in the venue, you're probably not going to have the set. At you. You're not probably, you don't even need a set because you use the clubs. So I thought, I don't have them. But because this was a private party, I needed decks. My, I, 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 I um, agreed to take my own decks. And I'm waking up, and obviously I'd had a late one on a Friday, so it was like midday, Saturday, and you're groggy, and I'm thinking, what am I doing tonight? Oh, yeah, Luke Campbell's party buzzing. Oh, no, I've got no decks. What do I do? So I put a little thing out on social media. Has anyone in Hull or East Riding or whatever, like wherever, anyone in my area got decks? And her dad messaged me. Obviously, at the time, I didn't know the situation. A guy called Steve Shipley messaged me saying, hi, mate, um, don't know if you got sorted, but my daughter Taylor is more than willing to lend you her decks. Um, she's never lent them out before and she never would but as soon as I told her it was you she was up for doing it we're more than up for meeting you we live in uh live near Scunthorpe so there was like we can meet you near the bridge and he, he had messaged me a couple of times before just asking questions and I always reply to people John like literally like even today there's like three or four messages just waiting to get a, a bit of advice and I, I always do my best to reply it's getting harder and harder but anyway I just used to reply and you don't you don't look too far into an email because you can't vision it and then he said, oh, yeah, so we'll meet you on the bridge. So obviously, I said, right, let's do six o'clock and the party was at seven. So it was a case of get the decks and go straight there, which is a bit risky because I didn't know what decks there was. I didn't know if they were going to work and how big it was. And anyway, we meet up. I knew what car he had. He gets out the car. Woman gets out the other side of the car, which I thought was his daughter. And obviously, it turns out that was his wife. And then the back door opens and I just see a little pair of legs below the, below the door. And I'm thinking, what's going on here? Who's this? And then, and then Taylor just appears and she's like, at the time, I think she must have been eight or nine. And she was just the most adorable little girl and she was almost in awe. And I felt like, a, I felt real embarrassed because I was like, I don't know what to, how to deal with this. Like, And then he's like, we just had a little chat and I just said, look, I've got to be there for seven. I'm so sorry that like, I could, we were chatting away, mate, for eight. Like, we was 
good half an hour. And I said, look, I've got to get to the venue. I'm so sorry. And he said, oh, can we get a little photo? Of course we can. So we get to the photos with a set of decks. Um, I was My head was blown and I was like, this is insane. And that was when I first knew, like got, like met her and was like, I didn't think anything much. I just thought I can, I can do what I'll do what I can to help this girl. Mm. I literally posted the photo and like sat in my car in the car park and just put, thank you so much. Nine-year-old DJ Taylor Shipley agreed to lend me a Dex. What an amazing young girl. She's one for the future. Uh, I, t- I kind of basically told the story of what I've just told you about needing yeah. a pair of decks. She came to the rescue. And obviously I went straight to Luke Campbell's party. I'm buzzing. I was a bit nervous about that because I'm I'm a, I'm a big fan of Luke's. Obviously, I've, I've, I don't know him really well. I'm not going to claim I'm his best friend, but obviously I've worked with him and I've met him a few times, had a beer and stuff. Really, really nice guy. And just forgot all about it. You know, when you're having a good time, you're not on your phone. I want on social media. I got home at about midnight because it was like a normal 7 till 12 kind of party. Got home at midnight, chicken nuggets on the way home as, as you do, good diet life. Sat on my set in, my phone just went boom. And I was like, what's going on? The photo had just gone viral, mate. Like, not viral like worldwide, but I'm talking like there was thousands of people sharing it and liking it. And their following went from that to that. And mm. that was just the start of just the most insane journey to this date, which is just that was the most organic start to a relationship and a friendship. And what people don't understand about it is I'm now like good good friends with her mum and dad my girlfriend is friends with her mum you know my dad my dad and mum and dad are friends with her mum and dad our families have we've been out together like i, I know i know a grandma and granddad i know her cousins and i, I know her little friends that are the same age as her we, we, there's such a we've just become family friends if that makes sense um and it just so happens that obviously she's dj and i'm dj so we've built like a brother sister kind of like mentorship thing and there's there's no there's no nothing involved more than just we have each other's numbers and I'll mess. we send voice notes to each other. Dad will message me, I'll message him. Like there's no agreement, there's no plan, there's no money, there's nothing involved except just true belief in what she can be. And just more than anything, as you know yourself as a teacher, it's, it's the safeguarding aspect of it to me, John. Like, you know, I've experienced, not that there is a massive dark side, I don't want to put anyone off, but every industry's got a dark side, I don't care what you say. Whether it's, you know, you know, in it, I don't, I don't want to go into detail, but every industry's got dark holes and there's certain individuals and types of people in any industry, which you have got to be careful with. And my aim when I'm working with younger people is just keeping them away from, not the individual that uh, could hurt, hurt, damage them, but like situations, because especially music, it's a very quick, fast industry. And it, if you get it wrong, you can get criticised, you know? So you have yeah. got to you have got to stick to that, not, not the routine, but you have got to, keep yourself on the straight and narrow and I just try and help and I've always said to her dad I said if she doesn't enjoy it don't make her, don't let her do it and, and there's a few other kids since then that I've started working with um and I've always just said the same thing is like it's all about enjoyment and if you're not enjoying it at that age because I don't I don't want people to dedicate too much you know yourself with football like a lot of lads probably your brother as well like you dedicate your life to it up to being like 18, 19, you don't go out with your mates as a teenager to parties because you've got a game on the Sunday. And I was the same. So think about it from my angle. I dedicated up to football to 16, 17. I, I wasn't going out on a weekend because of football. And then all of a sudden it was like, right, DJing. Again, I'm going out on a weekend, but I can't drink. So I've never, I've always had, people don't understand how dedicated you have to be. People, and you can, you can be, a, you can drink and stuff. You can do the parties, but it won't last long and you won't go far. Because people black mark you if, if you're a drinker and if you're a liability, especially in the music industry, mate, you get blacklisted. So I've, I've, you've got to be so focused in such a temp, temptatious environment. So I just yeah. try and help people, mate, and that's all I can do, you know. 
Yeah, and um, it is quite a. I can imagine it's really, really difficult to maintain really good physical health in this line of work. You know, with like you say the the alcohol, the the chicken nuggets on the way home, that yeah, sort. Yeah, of thing. Yeah. How do you do? You have any particular like habits or or routines that enable you to make sure you're at optimal sort of performance every time you you go to a gig? Yeah, mate, hundred percent. This is this is one of the things that not a lot of people speak about. Um, and it's like you say, for me, for me, the drink's not a massive issue. Um, you throw that into the ring with everything else, and it, and it would be a, an issue because it has been in the past. But for me, it's it's the late night eating. Like I just said, what can you eat at three in the morning except McDonald's or a takeaway? You're not going to be sat there with a, with a bowl, a, a Tupperware of chicken and rice. I, uh, I've mm. tried that, and it just it's just hard. So the food side of things is bad. You know, your Red Bulls, and I'm really bad for like energy drinks and stimulants. Um, all like above board stimulants. You know, it's all like just drinking Red Bulls or Monster Energies or frozen lattes and and obviously then it's the timings of the late nights and it's something i do have a lot of you know um practices what do work but it's it's the, it's this the consistency is the hardest bit for me it's like a lot of the time what i try and do is um say for example an, an average week of, of a, a dj like me up north before lockdown would be you know maybe wednesday thursday friday saturday you'll work 11 till 3 um, and obviously a lot of the time you're in leads so sometimes you're not getting in bed till half four or five and you're not getting to bed till six so it's kind of like doing a night shift so you're not going to get up till dinner time one o'clock but the best thing you can do is go out for a run or even just a walk or get straight in the gym and I, and I, I was doing that at one point and I, I honestly i didn't have no problems and um, eat as clean as you can through the day so by the night by the time you are having the red bull and the, and the shit food you can kind of balance it out with the healthy meals that you've maybe had in the day um doesn't always work, but it's definitely gives you a head start. And then another thing, what what used to really get me into a good place, but obviously we haven't we haven't done it for so long because of lockdown. Was I used to um, on a Sunday? It was a phone off and in bed for a certain time and reset. But and the problem and the thing is, if I didn't do that on a Sunday, I'd be up till four in the morning Monday morning because my body clock was telling me that it was the normal time to go to bed because I was on the other days. And then next thing you know, Tuesday, when Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is a battle to get back into a good routine. Before you know it, you're back to the clubs and you, you're that 10% groggier. So by 10, nine weeks, you're actually burnt out. And then I would yeah. suffer badly. And that's when your whole anxiety and stuff come on. So don't get me wrong, mate. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I've got it locked off. But there's definitely practices I know and I have done in the past what have kept me going. But I think luckily the way the world's changing now, I don't think I'd probably go back to burning myself out four nights a week because I've built other things up which we'll probably go into. But yeah, just just do the like you've got to you've got to um, compensate. You know, in any industry, like if you're uh, yeah if you're working late nights and you're eating crap on the night in the daytime, you've got to keep it clean. You you can't you can't be drinking coffee all day and then doing it on Red Bull on the night because I've done that and believe me, it's not good for your heart and it's not good for up here either. Mm. Uh, really, not too much caffeine dangerous yeah um and you're right we, we do want to sort of delve into that that mental side of things as well because it is so tightly linked i, I did have yeah, it as yeah, like two separate things but it is intertwined when you when you do burn the candle at both ends and what you eat and what you put into your body does affect your mind as well um so in terms of your sort of how you mentally manage multiple projects at the same time because you've you're yeah. not just a dj you've you know you, you make your own music as well um, you obviously you, you've uh, filmed weddings. You do lots of different yeah. projects. So how yeah. do you make sure that you manage that stress and that time to make sure you maintain productivity? Good question. I wish I knew the answer. Um, 
No, you know what? It's 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 um. I think at first I never had any kind of control on it, and and I've just gradually got. I think if if, if I'm going to be honest, like going into a lockdown, if you don't mind me saying, talking about the lockdown is like, it's almost been a blessing to me because it's given me. A, I've been able to reevaluate everything and kind of put everything in a line. And the 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 DJing was um with the weddings and, and the music production was a difficult balance, but it's hard to explain. It's like sleep wise depri- i was depri- i'm constant i was constantly deprived deprived health and fitness neglected um you know emotional intelligence and being aware of my own feelings and you know i didn't i wasn't journaling i wasn't um showing and doing any gratitude um training or anything but all i can say is john when you love what you do it honestly doesn't matter how tired how deprived how how much weight you're putting on because you're eating shit you know, the anxiety and stuff, you have these points in it. You know, for example, I'll give you three examples. Saturday night, you, you, you're knackered. You don't really want to go and DJ. But then you walk into a venue and there's one and a half thousand people there screaming off the top of the roof. You walk out and it's just like, you've, it's like you've done a workout. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like you've done that workout. That is my workout. So straight away, you're coming away thinking, boom, that's why I've done it. But then you wake up the next day and that feeling's gone. So then you've got to find that feeling again. And it's like, right, I'll go in the studio today. Um, and then you make a track, yeah, and you know it's going to be big. So straight away you're excited. You, you've ticked another box. Um, and then in between that comes all the anxieties and the stress and the management. But then you've edited a wedding video for someone because, like you say, I film weddings. So then I edit a wedding video, deliver it to the client. I get the response from them. And then, again, it's a, it's all worth it. It's all like when you love what you do and, and you, you, you're, I'm, I'm, I'm in a look, I'm in a job where luckily you get feedback a lot. You know, the wedding videos, you're constantly getting, you know, it's a very positive industry in a sense because you can please people on a Saturday night, you can please people with your music all the 24-7 and you can please people with a wedding video. So I've never, I never had the balance right, but I've always had job satisfaction was like 1,000. So that was what was about keeping me going. But then coming into lockdown, I've kind of, obviously you've, you've, the DJ's just gone. Like obviously I'm doing the live streams, but my routine's got so much better. My fitness routine, my mindset, you know, everything I said I wasn't doing, I'm doing. So all of a sudden, I'm, I've got this right, and all these other things are just falling into place. Obviously, the DJing's gone, but to be honest, I think the way I'll come back as a DJ, it won't be a con- I won't be doing four nights a week. I'll be picking and choosing because I've built other revenue streams up through lockdown, which are, you know, very good and very sustainable and very happy for my lifestyle. And still music-based. You know, I'll talk about that later on. They're still music-based, but it's made me it's made me focus on my mental well-being so much better. And, and I don't think you realise how much much you're neglecting it until you, you're forced to stop. You know, all this materialism and stuff disappeared and the core fundamentals of life became the, the core, became fun, became everything. You know, family, yeah. fitness, you know, happiness. The, you can't go on holiday, you can't cover up, you, you, you can't cover up anxiety and depression with a holiday anymore or a new car because no one's going to see it. No one cares if you've got a Gucci hoodie on anymore. You know what? What matters is getting fit, getting healthy, and seeing, speak and making connections with your family, or, or a lot of people starting a new hobby, and that's one of the things that's helped me. Well, an incredible part one there. If you are ready for part two, please click on the next episode, and I will see you there. Watch me not stop, though.